Welcome to episode three of the Cancer Dispatches, The Treatment. I'm Tika Thomas. I'm with my mom, Odette. Hi. And she's going to tell us about how her doctor chose her treatment regimen and how our family, friends, and relatives rallied together to support her through this. Yes. Hi. Um, when my doctors tested my tumor, they found that I was what's called triple positive. That means my tumor could live off of estrogen, it could live off of progesterone, and it could live off of HER2 new. So they decided that they were going to do neoadjuvant treatment. That means they were going to give me chemotherapy first, then they were going to do surgery next, and then radiation. The idea behind doing it this way is that when you do chemotherapy, it would shrink the tumor. And then then they would go in and cut around what's left of the tumor, and then they would radiate the spot. The idea of doing all three is that, you know, when you sweep the floor, you it looks clean to the naked eye, but you know that there are dust bunnies hiding in the corners, and they needed to go in and do the radiation and zap those. So you didn't want any any uh, um, stray um, cancer cells anywhere in your body after you were done with treatment. So that was the reason um, for doing all three. They kind of threw the whole toolbox after this this disease. So I was very nervous um, about starting chemo, and they gave me drugs and they gave me steroids to fight the nausea and bad feeling that you usually get um, from taking chemo. And for the first three days, it really helped. I didn't feel that bad. In fact, the first day I came out of my um, my infusion, I told my husband, I feel like I had a long day at the airport. Uh, you know, it felt like that. It didn't feel, you didn't feel knocked down or anything. At least I didn't. Um, the first day was very long. It was six hours and each drug I was given, and I was given four drugs, Taxotair and Caboplatin, Herceptin and Progetta, each drug was given sequentially. So um, the first set was like an hour and a half, and then the second set was another hour, and so it went. So it lasted for six hours. Um, my friends um, came around with meals uh, for me that night, and I have to say that my friends really rallied around me for this whole treatment period. So they would come with meals like for the first day and then another friend would bring one for the second day after and so on. And it really helped um, me to get through everything and my husband as well. The day after the first infusion, I had to get a shot of Neulaster. Neulaster is something that 
um, restores your blood cell counts because chemo can knock out all your good blood cells and all your good um, cells inside your body. And so this was to help and restore those. And your blood cells are formed inside the marrow of your bone. And so this thing made my bones really hurt. And I tried taking um, anti-allergy medicine, which some people in my in my group said helped a lot. I tried taking that, but it didn't help too much. The next time I did it, um, I took it like a day or two ahead, and it helped a little bit. But I always had this pain, extra pain, from the Neulasta uh, shot. The hospital I went to was a very good one. Um, you know, people came around with snacks, and there was a foot, a foot massager, and there was a guy playing a guitar. And then my daughter came, and she sat with me. So it it, it just felt like, as I said, a long day in the airport. But I wasn't knocked out that day. The day after that, um, I started, you know, feeling kind of uh, nauseous. So I would take medicine that they gave me from before. And they always say to take the medicine way before your nausea started. And that really helped me. So by day three, um, I had gotten into the habit of taking these anti-nausea pills. And... Day four and five were actually the worst because all of the steroids had worn off by then. And I started getting nausea and and vomiting and um, diarrhea. Um, It helped to have my husband, Tika's dad, take notes on day one, day two, day three, uh, etc. Because someone in my... Um, support group had said the w- when you take the um, the chemo the whole progression follows the same pattern and it really was true on day one I could expect X on day two I could expect Y and him keeping notes really helped me to keep track of what to expect on any given day So that's one thing I would advise anybody who is on this journey to do. Have somebody who can be with you and just track everything that's happening to you. And so that the next time around, you'll know what to expect. My treatments were every three weeks. And the first two weeks were the roughest. And then the last week... You started feeling better again, better, better, until you had to go and do it all over again. So just keep on keeping on, and it'll all come to an end eventually. My mom's friend, Moira Cavanaugh, now discusses her treatment regimen. The treatment recommended to me by the surgeon was that I would have a lumpectomy um, because it was a small tumor and that I would have radiation after that. And no uh, chemo for you? 
no chemo. So okay. when I went to the Bay Area Cancer Connection, um, your mom was having this chemo beforehand, and other people were having different experiences, um, uh, having some having chemo, some not having chemo. It, it was the gamut. Um, and that's one of the things that I would like to have people know is that um, you're not alone, but also everybody's experience is a little, can be a little different. And uh, so that's what was great about this group was hearing all the different alternatives and options and what people were going through, what these women were going through. Um, I, I then came back to my doctor and said, well, because I have lobular, um, uh, I, I was told that I should have an MRI. I think your mom said, uh, um, uh, Odette said, um, have you had an MRI? Uh, because lobular can often be, it's like a spidery form of uh, cancer and it spreads in a spidery way versus um, a ductal solid tumor type. And uh-huh. so I went back and told my doctor that I'd like to have an MRI, of which he agreed then and said, absolutely. And I had an MRI. And then, um, and I said, I'd also like to talk to an oncologist. And um, th- that was when I found out after having the MRI, I went and talked to with an oncologist and she said, unquestionably, you're having chemo. I said, what? Um, uh, and and you have a 11 milliliters. It's, it went from, I should know this, the size uh, uh, measurement, but it went from 1.6 up to 11 with this spidery, um, uh, resolution, the MRI showed it as having spread over my right breast and uh-huh. um, all over. And uh, the the oncologist said, absolutely, you're going to have chemo. And um, I was with my sister when this um, uh, oncologist told me this, and I was I was stunned. I was in shock. I left feeling so like afraid, demoralized, and um, I went from a 1.6 small lumpectomy to having chemo and having this massive amount of cancer in my right breast. And uh, so I went back to the group and talked more. And it was then that I decided I wanted to have an oncologist and a surgeon that I felt um, uh, would walk arms with me and say, you're going to, we're going to work on this and you're going to beat this. And um, have, I wanted my oncologist in particular to have a um, positive, not technically oriented, though, um, research is great, all that, but I wanted somebody with a heart um, to be on my side. And so I literally went about and interviewed three 
oncologists and um, and three different surgeons. Uh, and I came up with the final oncologist who said, I have a plan for you. And uh, she was working in, uh, and I'm with Kaiser, and she was with uh, Kaiser um, Center that had a tumor board and very involved. Uh, and so she said, I have a plan for you. And it's called neoadjuvant chemo, which was very much like your mother. So I had five months of chemo before having surgery. I chose to have a mastectomy um, uh, because it was such a larger mass, even after the chemo. Um, and the chemo, the first three months, it was um, uh, Herceptin, because I was also triple positive. And so uh, I had Herceptin, Progetta, and Taxol. Uh, and, and quite frankly, those first three months, uh, it was 12 treatments. Uh, and I felt um, arrogant, actually, because it didn't affect me as greatly uh, um, I lost some of my I lost all of my hair actually uh, but my stamina was still there I worked uh, I uh, I would be a little um, wiped out on the day of chemo but all in all I I felt like wow this is very doable um, I went to my group, I got sustenance, I got encouragement, I gave encouragement, and but then um, I had my last two months was um, uh, this chemo called AC, and it kicked my butt. Um, it's very powerful, and um, walking to the bathroom felt like climbing Mount Everest. I yeah. was so exhausted and I couldn't really function well. I did a little bit of my emails from work, but that two months was um, really took its toll. Uh, but no I, I got through it and I went to my group and uh, saw that everybody else went through it too and um, uh, came out the other end uh, and and everybody gave suggestions for different things to help uh, so that um, the chemo wouldn't um, have as uh, big of an effect. Now my mom's friend Marianne from the support group discusses how her husband and friends were integrated into her treatment regimen using humor. Can you tell us about your home life and personal life and how everyone rallied around you? Well, um, my husband, of course, was wonderful. And uh, he went to every single appointment with me. And, you know, he was my extra pair of ears, um, asked questions and helped me understand the things that they were saying because we would go back home and talk about it. Um, so he was absolutely wonderful. So I told him my husband tends to be very, very serious. And I can't handle his seriousness because I'm not a serious person. So I told him, I said, if we're going to get through this, you're going to have to lighten it up a little bit and, you know, have a sense of humor. 
So um, he said, okay. And so we decided he was my executive assistant. And uh, so that's what we called him. And no, actually, I think we started out, he was my assistant. And he didn't become the executive executive assistant until after the surgery. <laughs> and he was taking care of me. Then he became, we, we um, uh, gave him a, a, an upgrade. So for all caregivers listening who attend the patient's doctor sessions, are there any general, would you advise any lines of questioning or anything to always follow up on? I think a caregiver, I think the important thing is to take your cues from the person. Like if I was feeling terrible, I didn't want my husband to say something that was negative or, or, um, you know, hard to hear. So he took my, he took his cues from me, which was really nice. And also, I also tried to be communicative to him. So I'd go, you know, you have to lighten it up if he would tend to get too serious. And he was good about that. The other thing I do want to to tell you is, like I said, humor is my thing. And so I sent a note out to my friends and I didn't want to talk about just cancer all the time. It's just too heavy. So I said to them, I said, I know that you'll be thinking about me because I've been in situations where I've thought of other people who were sick. And it's like, you don't know what to do for them, but you want to do something. So I told them ahead of time, I said, if you get in that situation where you're thinking of me and you want to say something, I said, don't pick up the phone because I'm not going to want to be on the phone. But if you could just put a joke in the mail, I would love that. Just, you don't have to buy a new, new note card or anything like that. Just put the joke in the mail. And uh, I said, I want it in the mail, not on email, because I want a reason to get out of bed and walk to the mailbox. So um, interestingly enough, that with that, saying that to a lot of, I mean, I sent the email out to, I want to say 50 people maybe, and about six of them really took it to heart. And every day I would get up and I would go walk to the mailbox and there would be some kind of joke in there. That's great. Yeah, it was great. And finally, Rachel from the support group discusses candidly how her marriage broke down at the beginning of her treatment, and she reached out to friends to help her through it. How did you and your doctors decide on a treatment regimen, and then how did you and your immediate inner circle get ready for it? Well, my doctor, finally, when they figured out what kind of cancer it was and what the treatment plan was, he met with my oncologist, and he just laid out what the treatment plan was. And um, <clears throat> I immediately started to feel better once I, you know, once we had this plan in place, the tumor um, in my breast was large. So we had to do chemotherapy first to shrink it. Then um, there would be surgery to take out whatever remained of it, if anything. And then there would be more chemotherapy than radiation. And so once treatment began and there was like a plan in place, I started to feel better. Um, I learned that it hadn't, as far as they knew, it hadn't spread to nearby lymph nodes, and that was a good sign. My CT scan, like the whole body scan they do, um, came up clear. So it seemed like it was an aggressive, scary, but localized cancer. And so that was like the beginning of the, the light at the end of the tunnel for me. And as for gearing up, like I said, I was in a really bad marriage and cancer just changed my life, which maybe we'll get to later. Um, 
in a lot of ways, but the the first thing that became evident to me um, was that I did not, uh, under any circumstances, want my then husband to accompany me to any appointments or to be there for me at all. And he didn't, he wasn't really there much <laughs> for me, but I didn't want it either. I, I didn't ask, I didn't want him. And that was the first sign to me that, you know, my marriage was so, just so very bad. I don't know how to describe my not wanting my then husband there. It was just, I, I think my feelings towards him were so negative that I just didn't want him there in my hour of need. I wanted other people. And so I had a lot of friends whom I rallied about me and it was hard. I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to ask for help and I'm a kind of private person, but overnight I had to, you know, the whole neighborhood knew that I had cancer and um, my friends just really stepped up and rallied around me. And I um, asked a different friend to go with me to each chemotherapy appointment, which was like a very good idea. It wasn't something that I was really excited about in the beginning, but I had read this book by this woman. I'll have to try to remember her name. She's a pathologist at Stanford. She wrote a book. And in the book, she said that um, inviting people to your appointments is um, really important. So I just did that. I said, I'll just do that. And um, it's a very common it theme a among thing. all these podcast guests. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have this one friend who I took to an appointment with me and like one of my friends is a cancer survivor herself. And so I was like, gosh, and she had a terrible time with chemotherapy years ago. And I thought, can I really invite her along to the infusion center with me? Is it going to bring back bad memories for her? And I felt bad for asking her, but she readily agreed. And she didn't feel bad at all. Every single one of my friends was so glad to be able to do something and to be there for me. And I had another friend who um, just like, I don't know, <laughs> She's sort of a, we call her our tiger friend. She's just a little spitfire. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to hate putting this mask on her face because it was flu season and they had to wear a mask while we're sitting in the infusion center. And she was just like totally fine with it. Like it was just, um, it was amazing to see all of my dear, dear friends step up to the plate in a major, major way for me. Um, very, very humbling experience. Great. And what w was your regimen? Was it like chemo? So you said chemo was first and then what's surgery mm -hmm. and radiation? Or? Yeah. So it was um, what they call neoadjuvant chemotherapy because it comes first before surgery. So I had that first. That was the most intense chemotherapeutic regimen. Um, the, the, the tumor shrinks uh, a lot. <laughs> Noticeably, it's it's amazing. Um uh, then they have surgery to take out what's left. And then there's more chemo that they give you that's not quite as bad as the first. Thank you for listening to Episode 3. Thrypack is a proud sponsor of the Cancer Dispatches. Backpacks and other travel and sports accessories that facilitate free movement. That's vrypac.com. And on Instagram, vrypac.com.